0: Hello and welcome to Upstream with Jim and John, Father and Son Conversations about Discipleship and Culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim.
1: And today we're going to have a very interesting conversation about both the incredibly high price of discipleship to Jesus. And the incredible high reward. So uh, I think this will be interesting because it's uh, something we need to pay attention to. We, we we get it wrong on both sides. We underestimate exactly how much Jesus wants from us, and we grossly underestimate the treasure that He is in
0: us. Mm. Would yeah, you, would for you sure. agree, John? I would definitely agree. And uh, and specifically, I think in our you know what we'll get into it. I'll save it. I'll the right. it for the, the meat, because first we have... Because first
1: it's story time, and John, it it's time. your
0: turn to tell a story, and then later on in the episode, I will do a show and tell. You got it. And I'm following a tough... It's a tough act to follow, because yes, last it week... Really is, man. Jordan told the... That's the, the funny... I had to almost pull the car off the side of the road. I was laughing so hard <laughs> at his joke. It was really, really good. It was a very good joke. If you missed it, you can just go back. I mean, there's great content, but if you... If you don't have time, just go back and listen to the joke. We won't recreate it here because we wouldn't do it oh, justice. Oh, we wouldn't but, do it justice. But it's in the
1: first five minutes of the episode last week, so you can
0: go check it out. Uh, but for me, I'll have a story this time because, again, you know. You're not if, someone, if you, Yeah, if you're following, uh, <laughs> if it's a tough act to follow, you better at least be different. <laughs> yes. doesn't have to be as good. That's good. So uh, we're talking about uh, the high price for something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have this really vivid memory. And we used to go when we lived in Colorado. We would go up to this town, and I get the name wrong every time, so I'll let you figure. It's one with uh with uh Bojo's Pizza. Ah. Uh. Um. We would go up there. We'd stop in this town uh, anytime we were doing something in the mountains. So if we went up to this, uh, is that not where the cabin was? There was a cabin we stayed. Cabin in the Cabin was mountain. in Breckenridge, but did we go through that town? We would go through Idaho Springs, is the town. Idaho Springs. Yes. So on the way to his cabin and back and the and that's a little known skiing. fact,
1: you know, about uh, the Ladd family. If any Ladd family member says Idaho, someone in the car or in the family will
0: say Idaho, Utah. Yes. Every is, time. It's a sure thing. Ninety percent of the time it's you, but it is <laughs> it will be said by somebody yeah and I thought that that was a little more rare i I said that joke when one of uh I met a person from Idaho at Northwest, and they just were like, yeah, real funny they you know it' was like yeah heard that a million times I'm
1: sure they have yeah sorry to sense. interrupt you, so Idaho Springs you, that's okay, yeah, we would go
0: there, yeah, and so they have uh and now I realize how strange this is, but they have a bunch of shops there it's a the town lives off tourism, you know and uh and one of them was the sword shop. And they sold replica swords, real big metal ones, from all kinds of stuff. They had Lord of the Rings swords. Uh, they had all kinds of swords. And when I was a kid, so I, we the the lad rule was, you get an allowance uh, that is twice your age once a month. I forgot about that yeah. formula. Yeah, up until you were old enough to get a job. That part, that rule got soft as as I actually turned 15 <laughs> is when I was supposed to stop. Uh, but I didn't get, I actually did get a job at 15 for a little bit, and yeah. then I would work in the summers after that. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, so at, at So if 15, you were 10 years old, you're getting 20 bucks a month. 20 bucks a month. And it was, we weren't off the chain for chores, you know, off the hook for chores. It was just it was just the you would do your we chores did, yeah.
1: with no specific pricing on those yes we did not attach uh the allowance to the chores because yes. chores are what you should do because you're a family member they are not employment
0: there you go so anyway uh i have no idea how old i was there's no way i was older than like 12 or 13 i don't think um which means i was only making either 24 26 or 26 bucks, yeah 20, a, a month yeah so a video game costs roughly you know 60 bucks yeah a new one. So that's, you know, that's 3 months worth of worth of moolah. So yeah. point being, I could not buy one of these sorts. They were very expensive. This and, you know, for especially for for me back then. So, um it's one of those things and it's kind of sad. I didn't know I don't think people tell you this when you're growing up that when you're an adult, you generally want things less or you get less excited for, for things on an average line. Hmm. I think because, like, when I was you, a kid, like, birthdays and Christmas, it was like time would crawl to these things. Yeah, And those things, not, not not even just birthdays and Christmas, and nothing, nothing makes me that, that I can't wait that much for. It just doesn't happen. Uh, and I think I'm, true, yeah. I'm generally, I'm a happy guy, I enjoy my life. I think it's just part of being an adult. So, I haven't wanted anything, I don't think I've wanted anything as badly as I wanted this sword. <laughs> when I was this, when I was a kid. It was like a palpable sense of... Yeah. Of desire. And what... You might ask yourself, what would you do with it? I had no idea even then. Yeah. I remember it, the cost of it. It was... I doubt it was more than $200. Whoa. Yeah. Which I'm... I said that, you know, that's a low number in the in the realm of replicas, I'm sure. But anyway, uh, I was just daydreaming about this thing and... Uh, and, yeah, if I had got it, it really would have done nothing. Maybe I'd swing it around and hurt myself at some point, sure. But uh, there's no real resolution to the story other than, um, I don't know, generally in general, you just want things less, I guess, growing up. So this is the point of your story? The, the story's over? Are you're, you're finished with story well, time? What made me think about it with this episode, that is the whole story. What made me think about it here is uh, is talking about the price of things and how much you want things and how much they're actually worth. I would have... Man, I would have worked all kinds of jobs for that sword. And then I would have done nothing with it. It was worthless. Worthless to me, specifically.
1: This is really an interesting version of story time, John, because basically I would retell your story this way. When I was a kid, I wanted this ninja sword really, really bad, and I never got it.
0: Yeah. It's not about the destination, man. It's about the journey. Okay. So you... Um, you miss out on all the nuance of my telling <laughs> <there>. <laughs> Did Do you remember grieving as a kid that you did not have said sword or it was just like just went on? You only thought of it when we went uh, through Idaho Springs. No, no. So it was it wasn't a long term thing. It was like on the way home. We stop at this thing. Yeah. And I see this and all the drive home and like for like a week. It's it's basically yeah. the only thing I think about. Yeah, it was. less. And I daunting. have to tell you,
1: I, I, you know, I love to um give give my family members what they want and it was everything i could do to i had to i had to hold myself back from doing a ridiculously stupid thing <laughs> buying that sword
0: i'm glad you because did because of
1: how much it meant to you and how delighted you were about that whole store we no, we could not if we were driving through idaho springs you insisted we stop to look at that store well, we stopped without me. You guys insisted
0: for Bojo's for that pizza place. Well,
1: but even if we weren't going to eat, we would stop at the store at the cutlery. But
0: we went there a lot. That Bojo's pizza is pretty epic. Yeah, place is nuts. I remember that a lot, too. Yeah. They have honey that they give you at the table for your crust on your pizza. Yeah, because the, the crust on your pizza
1: is really thick and round and hollow. And you uh, then you um,
0: put honey on that and eat it like crusty bread. Yeah, it's like your dessert. The only reason I told it as a story is because it's an extraordinarily vivid memory but I don't have a ton of those so I figured hey that one <laughs> at least means something to me yeah I'll throw it out as a story
1: all right very good well let's get started on the episode John so um, I, the the kind of the genesis of this is I was um, I was doing some reading in my daily Bible reading and I got into Luke 14 and this uh, conversation with Jesus and the disciples really. Um, grabbed me it's funny how you can read something literally dozens and dozens and dozens of times and then all of a sudden it it slaps you wall-eyed wall-eyed yeah you know cross-eyed and then (laughs) (laughs) wall-eyed
0: you so hard your eyes point different directions
1: correct they that's (laughs) wall-eyed uh
0: have you ever witnessed this in person? No,
1: but I did kind of like a girl one time that was wall eyed, and I just could I couldn't overcome it.
0: You gotta have a lot of love, probably. Yeah.
1: Anyway, <laughs> we apologize to any of you who are listeners who ha- might be wall eyed. Uh,
0: I don't know if anyone's naturally wall eyed. There's a there's a character in a in a I think Ben Stiller. No, it's in an Adam Sandler movie, and this character maybe Ben Stiller plays him. I can't remember. It's one of those dumb Adam Sandler movies. This right. character just whoop, that's like his whole <laughs> trait. Anyway,
1: yeah. Anyway, it slapped, this, you walleye. It, it slapped you, me you walleye. You read this passage? It was, yeah, it was. It was very confrontive. Uh, because, well, first of all, the thing that jumped out at me is I realized when Jesus said, "If you don't take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me," and I, and it hit me. You know, we read that after the crucifixion, so it makes sense to us. I wonder what in the world were they thinking when they heard him say this, because they had only seen the cross as a brutal execution instrument for criminals. Yeah. And so what does he mean? I got to take up my criminal execution instrument to follow him.
0: Yeah, I'll take up my, my noose or my electric my chair, electric
1: or, chair or, or my lethal injection. Unless you take up your lethal injection and thought you have no, you know, I I'm curious how they try and I'm sure they did not get their brains around it. Clearly they didn't understand it even when it happened. So but well, and there was a lot
0: of stuff, even, you know, that he acknowledges that no one in no one present really understood it yeah. Uh, when he was saying it.
1: So so, John, what maybe this is the, the entry point of the conversation. Uh, it's so surprising to me what Jesus asks of us. And yeah, and that is that, you you know, if you don't hate your mother and your father and your children, your brothers and sisters, your wife, even your own life. OK, you cannot be my disciple. I'm reading it right here. Yeah, as I tell you about it and then, um, you know, uh, take up your cross and, and then in the same way, those who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciple. Mm. Now, what is it that makes us forget that he asked for
0: that? I think what my main contention in this whole thing is that, um, is that I don't feel that kind of I don't feel like I've paid that price, you know. Like, I can't, um, if I were to write all the things that I've given up for God, mm-hmm. it's a short list. And yeah. maybe part of that is because of um, a young age of conversion, you know, yeah, yeah. to where I, where there's not a point where I was like, i got to change my life. I can't think of a point necessarily like that. I was a terrible sinner. Right. <laughs> I was six years old, and I was this terrible sinner. <laughs> exactly. So that's what's hard for me with this conversation is when I think about the price tag, and then I think what I've personally paid—it's hard for me to quantify. What do you think Jesus wants from you in
1: terms of um, your your give up story? So when you think of that, you think of yeah. a give up story. I got to give up this sin I love, or I've got to give up this—yeah,
0: my money. You know, what is that? What you mean? That's you think of it that yeah. way. Yeah, giving up. Um, you know, giving <laughs> if if he had said you can have this sword, see now it's worth something. Other swords worth something. You can give up this sword for Jesus or not, right? And I'd have to do that, but I don't really have that. I think it's more in vague terms. It's in terms like I give up my um, my ultimate sovereignty mm-hmm. and my uh, um, agency again to an, to an extent, sure. Um, you know, some stuff like like there were people when this whole eviction ban came around because of COVID. Mm-hmm. That were just like, oh, well, I just won't pay my rent. I'll just pocket that money for a different day. And stuff like that. It's it is not a um it's not on the table, stuff like that. And, and things that are morally gray like that. It's not even it is not something that I can consider. Uh uh which is a great thing. Obviously, in 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 my opinion. Uh things like uh I don't know if I was going to do something shifty tax-wise or mm. um Or I was going to lie to my friend to say my own feelings unethical or immoral. Yeah, these are things that are not on my that are not listed in my options to think about. That is a um, well, that is not glorifying to God, so that's a no. So, so it's interesting to me that you uh, translate this
1: entirely in um, you know ways of like surrendering something you like or love or want or possess.
0: Well, that's, I mean, to die to oneself, right? I mean, how, how do you, do you have, is that not how you look at it? I guess. Do you not look at the price tag that way? Well, I, I, I think that first of all, you know, um, you
1: surrender it, but he gives it right back to you for you mm. to steward in his honor. So this is where the concept of stewardship comes from. I give Jesus my life and then he gives it back and says, now just live it for me. I want you to, mm. Uh, you know, I've invested in you and I want you to manage this resource that you've now that is mine, but I'm going to have you manage it. So, yeah, it still looks like I own it, but in my heart, it has to have no strings attached to it, that it belongs to God. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of the way I view it is it's not like I need to sacrifice and hurt and ache and and bleed. Um, it's that I need to acknowledge that everything that I possess is not mine. It's God's. And yeah. so I think of him having the, the right to tell me to do with it, whatever he wants. And I do not have the right to say no, because it's not mine. It's his for sure. So it's about ownership to me. It's like a, one of the things I've done as a spiritual discipline, a few times in my life was write out a deed of ownership. Um, I hereby, yeah. you know, like a quick, it's called a quick, a quit claim deed. I, Surrender all claim to my life and my possessions, and I sign them over from this point forward to the ownership of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I date it and sign it, and that's kind of the way I see this. It's pretty cool, yeah. And so, but then he just hands it right back to me. and says, "Now go do with it what I want you to do with it, instead of what you want to do with it." Yeah. Or but in I, the case but of- like with the Harley Davidson, you know, I ride this motorcycle. It costs, you yeah. know, I think I paid fourteen thousand dollars for it, and yeah, you know, there's a wrestle with, well, should I own something like that? Uh, since, since everything belongs to the Lord, does that mean yeah. I shouldn't have a vehicle I like, or I shouldn't go on a cruise or I shouldn't have some fun? You know, that's the, that's where this gets fuzzy to me on the possess- possession side. Cause if this is just about possessions, then maybe we're supposed to be like Jesus who said, Hey, the son of man has no place to lay his
0: head. Like, um, you, you don't want to do this the way I do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, um, we had talked about uh the um the parable of the man in the field and the treasure in the field um and if you want to go over this more in depth later if you want to say this later then then we totally can but the the idea that it uh was of great value and it cost him a huge it cost him every he sold everything he had just to buy it. i guess that's where I get the idea that it is that it takes something yeah yeah that, that you, it, you that it requires giving up things. Yes. So
1: in that regard, like, if, like you could say, well, I don't know if I'm going to tithe or not. Well, that tithe isn't yours. Mm. It's God's. Yeah. So you don't get to choose that anymore. I don't, I don't know if I want to sleep with my wife. I want to sleep with your wife. Well, you don't get to do that because your life belongs <laughs> to the Lord. <laughs> right. right. So you yeah. what I think you're surrendering is the freedom to just do whatever you want. And you are signing up to obedience to Christ and that he can pour out your, your life any way he wants to. Like if if he wants yeah. to pour out your life, um, in a yeah, minimum wage job for the rest of your life because he wants you there, then that then you say okay. And if he wants you to climb some corporate ladder because you're going to be an influence in that level, then okay. But you don't get to just have abundance because you want abundance. You you're going to steward the life God has given you, sure, and live it. 100 percent for his glory it's a high bar The any way you slice
0: this the price is really high yeah so what is then we're talking about this because it doesn't seem like um it doesn't seem like in general there is a really good grasp on this yeah on the on the price of this we talked about the um uh, I don't know if it's a parable technically, but Jesus talks about uh, a builder assessing the price of his project before he starts and a general assessing the size of his opponent before he start, before he goes into battle. Um, it doesn't seem like in general, would you say, the, the church, the American church specifically does that?
1: Yeah, I think this is. I think the reason we're talking about it is because it's not something we think about very often. And that is where he went next right after he said, unless you give up everything, you cannot be my disciple. Then he tells the story of the king going to war, the man building a tower. You don't you don't start building a tower unless you know you have the resources to finish or else you're going to get halfway done. And so he's really saying, if you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to be my disciple, count the cost. This is going to cost you everything. Are you willing to pay that? Are you prepared to pay that? And um, that's what the deal is. And I think, I think that we totally downplay this in our country and I can't speak for anywhere but our own world. Yeah, that's all we know. Yeah, but um and I think I was just it just hit me one of the reasons why might be because of how high a value we place on grace. Hmm. That God lavishes his grace upon you and he forgives all of your sin and he throws it as far as the east is from the west and he remembers it no more and he who knew no sin became sin so that you could be given eternal life and so we kind of have this compass that God is for me, and since uh, since uh, mm-hmm. salvation is for me, and his presence abiding with me in my troubles is for me, then also my prosperity is what he cares about, and, and that, um, that life with God um, is a guarantee of financial gain, for example, of a happiness gain, And so I think we tend to look at salvation from that lens of what we're going to gain from our salvation rather than having many conversations where we say, hey, I need to count the cost of this because if, as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ, my commanding officer, Jesus, says, it's time for me to deploy you to Calcutta, India, and I need you to go live among the lepers, that I would argue. And so uh, am I willing to surrender everything. Now, yeah, the price is really high. And I, that's what I guess. I think if you ask the average Christian um, in a weird, you know, casual conversation where they didn't see this coming, what does it sure.
0: cost <laughs> to be a disciple of Jesus? I'm not sure they would have a good answer to that. Well, I guess that's my own problem, because I don't know that I have a good answer to that. And do you have in your own words what that cost is so that if someone if someone was laying out what it takes, what they would actually lay out or what they should lay out. Well, that's interesting what it takes,
1: because you have to overlay this with the the story you mentioned earlier, the treasure in the field. Jesus says the kingdom of God. And this is um, I looked this up a minute ago. This is Matthew 13. Jesus says uh, there's this guy who is walking through a field. He finds a treasure in the field. And so he buries the treasure. He sells everything he has to buy that field because the treasure is worth it. This is, again, the parallel of it costs you everything to gain Christ. Yeah. But in gaining Christ, you gain everything. You gain more than you had in terms of the treasure being worth more than you paid. So uh, so I want to keep that over the top that no matter what we surrender, what we gain is increasingly, incredibly more valuable.
0: I'm totally with you. I just want, I want to, um, oh man, what's the word I'm looking for? I want, I just want to lay out what that cost is. I'm having a hard time with that. And maybe part of that is because, um, you know, we have a grace forward Western church. Mm -hmm. Maybe I understand the, the fruits of that so much that when you look at the cost, it makes, it doesn't seem like giving up to me because of that maybe, or I don't know.
1: Well, the question I would have that kind of uh, goes along with what you're saying is: Is it possible that Jesus never asks people like you and me to surrender um, our assets to the to the point of discomfort and pain? Is it really true he never asks us, or are we not listening? Yeah, because um, and and. And this is an interesting conversation because uh, it's not like um, that Jesus wants you to suffer right? Uh, why it, to me it's a, it goes maybe Abraham offering Isaac on the altar, like he's this child of promise, and then God and then God says to him, uh, "I want you to take your son, your miracle son, your only son, and I want you to kill him for me." And this is exactly a parallel to Jesus saying, I want everything. If you won't surrender everything, then you don't love me. You're, you can't be my disciple. And Abraham goes up the mountain, and we learn in the book of Hebrews that Abraham believed that he was going to kill his son and that God would then raise him from the dead. So Abraham fully trusted God. I'm going to kill my son. You asked me to do it, I'm going to do it. And then knowing in his mind, and then God's going to raise him from the dead, like I'm going to have my son back. Yeah. And so when he raised the knife to kill his own son, God says, stop. Now I know that you will not withhold anything from me. That's the challenge I I hear in Luke 14 from Jesus. Jim, is there anything you would hold back from me? Is there anything you will not surrender to me? Is there anything you won't do if I ask you to? And that's the sobering question, I think, of this. That's the count the cost. And you could say, well, he's never going to ask me to kill my son. I mean, if you told me, if you have a son, my grandson, and you tell me one day, God wants me to kill him, I I would, I would throw you in jail myself because (laughs) I'm not going to let you kill my grandson. It doesn't Uh seem like that's something God would do. And so there's lots of times God asks people to do crazy, crazy, incredible things and they do them. And I wonder, would I, and do I, and uh, am I paying that price? I think I hold everything open in my hands and, and I really think if God asks me for it, I'll give it to him. Yeah. Um and I absolutely believe that what I gain through the person of Jesus is way better than anything I would lose. You know, it's a, sure. it's a smart trade. It's a it's a wise man's decision.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if it feels like a kind of a breakthrough where when i think about um the things that i do give up the idea that um you know um sex with my wife before marriage was not on the table you know we dated for mm-hmm. 2 years before getting married that was not um we didn't do that that's definitely more of a sacrifice more of a um that one was more difficult i guess than other ones sure and and i that, think yeah that's a yeah, great and example I, and i think maybe the reason i it doesn't immediately come to mind as that was so hard is because the fruits of it are so apparent. Mm-hmm. The fruits of it are so um I don't know, it's like it's like when you when you I don't cook very much, but say you cook a delicious meal mask, wasn't it hard to cook? And it's like I mean maybe, but taste it like holy smokes, you know, yeah. it's good. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's kind of the reason it's been harder for me to um. But that's a classic
1: example. Maybe that's a classic example that Um, you know, there's a desire you had, and there are people by the thousands who say they are Jesus followers who would Mm. not make the uh, abstinence decision that you and Lindsay made while they were dating, while you're dating, they won't do it. And they, and, and they have no qualms doing it. I have people, uh, who have asked me who are living together, having sex, not married, want me to come over and bless the home they just bought together. And I want to say, you know, you're asking God to bless something that you're violating his will by even doing this because God wants you to save yourself in this way. And so it's things like that where we just don't do. um, And, you know, Jesus would say, if you're not faithful in the little things, you won't be faithful in the big things. Sure. So I think maybe those are the real challenges. Is this this nuanced deal telling the truth? Just something as simple as telling the truth. When somebody asks you and, you, and you know that telling the truth is going to self-incriminate you, or telling the truth is going to create a conflict, and so we lie. Yeah. You know, they say the average person lies 200 times a day, and the average person is lied to 400 times a day. <laughs> uh, so that we're, we're, we're pathological liars, and it's as simple as, you know, your wife's saying, does my butt look big in these pants? And you go, no, man, you look great even though she might look big as texas who knows <laughs> uh so we we you know we do those things and and maybe yeah. that's the that's along the lines of what we're part of what we're talking about
0: so we spent a lot of time on the cost how about we do real quick we do your show and tell and then we'll do our commercial break and then we'll come back and talk about maybe more of what that treasure looks like too and why, why it is actually worth it
1: okay And I would love uh, when we're done, you know, for you to give me some sense of if you have any increased clarity over what it means to give him everything. Sure. Because um, that was where part of the confusion was, is like, what does that even mean? And do we have any better sense? Because if we don't know what it means, we're not going to be any better at doing it. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. All right. So show and tell. So I have this. it is about, um, I'm going to say it is four and a half inches by eight inches. And it's a rectangle. And okay. con- contained inside the rectangle is um, a person with his hands on his knees. Or his hands, uh, he's kind of crouched like his hands would be on his knees. And his hands are beside him. This Is this a painting? No, it's a photograph, and he's leaning slightly one way, and he's looking, and he is deciding whether to run or not. In baseball? It's a baseball picture, yes, and it is a picture of Juan Gonzalez. Now, Juan Gonzalez was a Texas Ranger, uh, a stud of a player, just a great player. I loved him a lot. And this picture is autographed by Juan Gonzalez. Ooh. And the reason it means so much to me is because uh, when I planted a church in Frisco, Texas, I was 30 years old. I had never done a funeral before. I had done, I think, one or two weddings. And um, we planted the church. We had nobody, John. I mean, we had like 15 people. And this couple relocated from Tulsa, Oklahoma to Frisco, Texas. They were in their 50s. Uh, I would say their mid to late 50s. And um, they had two sons and he worked for an oil company and they told him he had lived his whole life in Tulsa, grew up there, got married there. They attended the same church their whole lives. And the company came to him and said, you have to move to Dallas or else you lose your job. Whoa. They were, they were living in their dream home. They did not want to go, but he wasn't close enough to retirement. So they did it. Dang. So they moved to Frisco. Were there, and their kids were adults? or Their now? sons were both in college. They move to Frisco, and um, they literally unpack. They they load, move everything into the house. They haven't unpacked boxes, and they want to go back to Tulsa and see their family for the Fourth of July or Memorial Day or something like that. Sure. So they get in the car, and um, in the first twenty miles, he says the same thing to her like four times, and he's just not acting right. So she she pulls in just before the Oklahoma border to a hospital, takes him in the yard and says, hey, he's acting funny. They give him a CAT scan, and they come out and tell her, I'm sorry, but you have an inoperable brain tumor telling her about her husband and telling him. Oh, my goodness. And um, by the time I meet them, they have been living there not very long, he's lost his ability to speak. Oh, man. And so uh, these people become very, very dear to me. Is he cognizant? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very cognizant. Um, losing his balance a lot, uh, cannot communicate, can barely write. It, it, that sounds like torture. It man. was. And to watch him deteriorate and his his wife Mary just became, and, and I tell you, John, I'm a 30-year-old kid. I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And they were just, they, the church they had attended was a mega church in Tulsa pastored by these amazing guys. And they would just encourage me about how much they loved me being their pastor. And I don't know nothing, man. Yeah. Anyway, he would fall go into the bathroom. She'd call me. I'd run over there and help pick him up because he got really big. And anyway, he calls and she says, "Hey, John wants you to come over to the house." So I go over there and um, he she starts showing me all of these uh, baseball pictures. You've seen all the ones in my in my I have yeah all these baseball pictures except that big one of the father and son. They all, done the. I was yeah. gonna say you've done that one as show and tell. Yeah, all these other ones came from him. Steve Steve and Mary Dalton hmm. and so he's showing me all these pictures and I'm like oh that's so cool that's so cool I got I got Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth and you know we're looking at all these pictures assigned Babe Ruth no okay I was like and, holy uh,
0: smokes no
1: but I have a signed catfish hunter and a signed Billy Williams I I mean they're just amazing and anyway uh, I, I'm it's time for me to leave and I'm like man this is so cool thanks for letting me see these and he's making these motions he's getting agitated and she said no 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 He wants to give these to you. And I started to cry. I couldn't believe it. And so he gives me these because he had done on the side, he would do sports memorabilia. He would buy, sell, and trade stuff. He had baseball cards and all kinds of stuff. Sure. And so uh, he ended up dying about three months later. And so these pictures just became very, very meaningful to me. So that's my show and tell. I'll put a picture on on our Instagram of this particular uh picture. And uh yeah, Stephen Mary Dalton. Great, great people. And uh that's my thing.
0: That is brutal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well it's beautiful it's brutal, but here's the thing I've learned. See, and this is the being around death as much as I unfortunately have had. Yeah. Uh you also see the incredible beauty. I mean, um to walk that journey with her and him and their two sons. For example, Steve, um, she would keep wanting to talk to him about, hey, you know, the cars were in his name and, you know, what do we do and should we get ready? And he's like, no, God's going to heal me. He did not want to talk about dying. Hmm. And so um, about two days before his death, it was clear that he was not going to make it. Uh, Her sons and I got all the titles to the vehicle and, you know, and we, we, we helped her get all that squared away so that when he died, it wouldn't have to go into probate. Um, so it just was, uh, but but here's the thing: is you, you walk with a family through uh, incredible stories and depth of love. These two were high school sweethearts, and they had a great life together. And so, while it was really sad, it's sad because the, because it was so beautiful. Right, and, and the the greater the treasure you have, the greater sadness when it goes away. But then you also have this depth of experience man i had something some people never get
0: kind of thing yeah and and the pain is is evidence of how great exactly the connection was
1: so it's it's actually while it is a sad story it's also one of the most beautiful stories of my life these two people loved me in their own pain and their own fighting of his cancer and uh and they they poured into my life i mean i am forever grateful
0: that's pretty incredible. Yeah. That might be one of the more, most meaningful so far of the of the show and tell. Of oh, the show and tells, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's funny because when you say you're a 30-year-old kid, it cracks me up because I'm, you know, <laughs> whatever, like, I'm 20, I'll be 25 in a month. Yeah. And it's like when you're, when you're in middle school, a 16-year-old looks like a superhero. Yeah. And then you're 16 and, like, a 20-year-old looks like a superhero. And I'm 24 and 30 looks like a grown man. It is.
1: But when you think about pastoring a church, I mean, I didn't know anything, you know, I'm convinced that men don't know their butt from the ground until they're 30. Uh, (laughs) That's when you really that's when you really get start to become a man in
0: some ways. And point being that every time I've gotten to these steps, like 25 is freaking me out because I still feel like I don't know a thing in the world. So I I might feel that way all the way till I die. You might because I'm 58 and I think I know less today than
1: I knew when I was 30. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's do the commercial.
0: We'll be right back. Yeah. Awesome.
2: Upstream is supported by the faithful members of the Upstream team, listeners who give monthly through Patreon. This podcast is just one part of the Jim and John ministry. They also write weekly blogs, have published their first book, and are currently at work on more. their desire is to produce transformational content as well as offer encouragement and coaching to others the dream is to see a movement of people who are integrating the work of jesus into their daily lives and who are joining him on his mission to redeem and restore all things check out their website at jimandjohn.com where you can learn more about the father-son duo and gain access to all they have to offer if you would like to join the upstream team Consider partnering with Jim and John on patreon.com slash Jim and John. A link is also available on the home page of their website. And remember there's no H in John. Now let's join Jim and John for the home stretch of today's conversation.
0: Alright, welcome back. Uh thanks so much for listening. As always. Uh okay, so we'll we'll bring it back home. We talked a lot about the, the cost. The incredible, you know, the, the the cost literally being of death to yourself yeah. to follow Jesus and sometimes especially um back then and in other places in the world today, literal physical death. Uh what is the treasure? What is what is it that the guy sells all he's got to buy the field for?
1: Yeah, and you know the other story tells us the pearl of great price. This guy's a pearl merchant and he yeah. when he comes across this pearl and he sells everything to get the one pearl. I think the the premise of this episode is that we dramatically underestimate what Jesus is actually asking us to surrender. And we correspondingly, dramatically underestimate the treasure that is ours in Jesus. So when I think about the treasure, I think about the fact that my sin is forgiven, that my shame, there's no reason for me to ever feel shame again. Hmm. Guilt, conviction, you know, uh, for my sin. But once repented of and confessed, I should never feel ashamed of that again. That's an amazing gift. Uh, when I think about the fact that I'm never alone and the reason I know that we underestimate the treasure is Mm -hmm. that we feel so afraid when things are unpredictable. We feel, you know, when we lose a job or we have a great challenge, we are suddenly terrified, which makes me realize we don't have any idea the one who lives inside of us and the one we serve sure that he can do anything he wants and so I serve. you know, I had a, a, I heard a story years ago, these two guys went through junior high and high school together and they go to college together and one mm-hmm. of them gets a business degree and the other one prepares for ministry. And then when they graduate from college, one of them goes to work for this big five company, fortune five company, and the other guys pastor in a small church and mm-hmm. they get together at their high school reunion. And, uh, the dude's like, uh, the business guys like, man, uh, how much money did you make last year? And he said, I made $18,000. And he said, wow. And he said, how much did you make? Said, I made $80,000. And he said, you should quit the ministry and come to work for my company. I can get you a job right now, and you should come and do this. And the pastor said, man, I don't know if I can afford to do that. <laughs> he said, what are you talking about? You made 18000 I made eighty. What do you mean you can't afford it? Yeah. He said, well, if I come to work for your guy, he's going to pay me eighty grand. But if I work for God, he'll pay me whatever I need. What if I go to work for your guy and I need 120? He's only going to give me 80. <laughs> but working for God, if I need 120, he's going to give me 120.
0: Hmm. And
1: it's just that sense of that's the treasure is I will never be abandoned by God. Yeah, uh, I, I have his presence, his abiding presence, his comfort, his, his sustaining power, his wisdom. Uh, the treasures are endless, not to mention that one day when I stand before him, He will forgive all of my sin yet again, and he will welcome me into an eternal dwelling where I will live in the presence of God where there's no crying, no pain, no cancer, no hatred, no racism, no politicians. No, you know, I get to live in this incredible eternal life with God. Yeah, Uh, it is a treasure that will exceed anything that I've ever had or will ever have or everything I've ever owned in my whole life together. You know, there's no way that that's a a fair trade.
0: Yeah. So then my my uh, takeaway taking shape is and I talked, you know, we talked right before the um, show and tell is that uh, in the scale of that treasure, the reason why it makes sense that this uh, parabolic man would sell everything he has for the treasure. It's not that he, you know, it's not an equal trade. He didn't right. do that just because he wanted to. He made it, he did it because it makes sense. Because yes. the values make sense.
1: Yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? That's all that costs? You know, I yeah, can. Exactly. I, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. That's a, a steal. It is a yeah. steal
1: of a deal. And because we, uh, and and maybe there's, so this is a question, is it causation or correlation? Maybe because we don't surrender everything, we also we the don't, weak. Yeah, we don't get the great right. treasure. Not because God's withholding it from us, but because we don't believe it because we didn't surrender for it, you know? Yeah. If we if we if if our if our God is not worth my life, then he's probably not big enough to rescue me.
0: And so you talked about how we maybe have an over emphasis on grace, but if we if that's true, then how come we don't also like that seems like we're acknowledging the power of the treasure or the, the worth, the worthiness of the treasure, the value of it. Then why isn't there in turn the, um, the willingness to go all in on it? Well, that's what I,
1: I, I think. I think that we don't acknowledge the treasure. And I don't, I, you said that I said we over grace. I do not believe we over. Not, I, sorry. That's more on, that's on my
0: end for word, word choice.
1: Yeah. I think that we under uh, value grace Um, even though we think it's amazing, we don't trust it, that it really is as powerful as it is. Gotcha. Uh, we don't trust it. So I don't know the treasure because I feel unworthy of the treasure. And I assume that, that, um, I'm not going to get the treasure because somehow I don't qualify for it. Gotcha. Uh, Because I don't inhale the absolute, uh, certainty of his grace. Yeah. Uh, just like, you know, if I haven't performed well as a husband, I'm I'm less likely to believe that Sue is inclined toward me and going to reward me with affection or uh, approval. Sure. Uh, the same thing happens with God because I haven't performed well. I'm assuming that he's unhappy with me and therefore might be negligent to meet my needs. And I'm still staring at the wrong thing. So if we stare at the person of Jesus, the sacrifice, the price, the love, the 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 unconditional lavishing of His grace. Then, uh, the, both the sin that I've committed and the sacrifice that I make, they shrink in comparison to the size of God. Yeah. So probably for me, I would now processing this as we talk out loud. Uh, probably for me, the, the the greatest thing I could do to understand all of this is really stare at the magnificence of God, the power, the holiness, the size, the glory, the majesty of God, which then shrinks both the power of my sin and the uh, size of my own treasure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So then laying that down is nothing because I, because I really understand the, the glory of God.
0: Yeah. And I think, so yeah, I've, I've takeaway being, the actual the scope of the treasure, and that it makes the the pills you've had to swallow, the bitter pills you've had to swallow, not very bitter. Um, but another being that um, I don't think I I don't think I had enough critical thinking on the actual cost because the more I think about it, the um often like like God talks or Jesus specifically talks about um, I guess he doesn't. No, I'm struggling to, th- to think of a site for these. But basically, where you live in these ways and there can be no ill testimony against you because you've done no wrong. That basic thing where you're, you're standing with the public is straight because you've behaved yourself mm. or, or conducted yourself. Well, uh, they mentioned those, but really, uh, there can be a kind of, I want to say respect that you can lose sometimes where, uh, in in humbling yourself especially what comes to mind is is as is is the masculine values of the world yeah if you want to be a a humble servant leader turn the other cheek that kind of stuff you lose a certain um thing and when you when you don't do certain uh when you won't behave in certain ways you lose friends you lose people people don't want to hang out with you all the time cuz they feel like you that you're judging them you you do give up a lot of stuff like that that I don't think I had really quantified before.
1: Well, and even if, say, you get a job opportunity that's going to take you away from the certain community that you live in and you feel like God has called you to that community and you say, I'm going to, I'm going to turn down this promotion. I'm going to turn down this extra money because I believe God wants me to stay right here. Because the real life of your work is, is that community right? or the the real work of your life. Right. Right. Or conversely, God calls you to go somewhere else and take a pay cut to go there because he wants you there. And away from the people you love. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it could happen in either direction. Uh, So tell me, John, um, what's your primary takeaway from this entire conversation about the cost and the treasure of
0: following Jesus? Well, it would be, that's the thing. I don't want to, again, I'm I'm always saying I don't want to let myself off the hook too easy, but I feel like I did realize that maybe the reason it didn't, it was hard for me to find the things that I've lost because... I really, truly am um, in awe of the treasure. It really mm-hmm. is a, you got way more than you paid for, than you bargained for. Yeah. Because really, the everything that you need to give up, right, your life here is going to be unfulfilled anyway. You're not really giving up happiness for it. You're giving up emptiness for it. You're giving up um, self-hatred. You're giving up a lot of a lot of worthless things for it.
1: Yeah, you could chase after something and have momentary pleasure, but then you would have... Uh, corresponding baggage from that and, exactly, and so you're not really losing even if you just weighed that out.
0: Yeah. So if, if know, I if if I'm some kind of prideful macho man, maybe I get some respect from some like alpha male some macho other moral. jerk. So I don't really yeah. care about. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and then I still hate myself. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. It's just not the the simple math is in favor of the purchase. It's not really that sacrificial in the long term, right? And that's why I think the
1: fundamental. Attitude of every Christian should be profound gratitude. Yeah. And I've said it this way multiple times in my life. If if God did nothing but crap on my head for the rest of my life, I still ended up with more than I deserve because he's been so good to me. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't think no matter what I could go through in the future, you won't hear, you won't hear me say God isn't being fair with me because I believe what I've received from him far outweighs anything that could happen to me going forward. Yeah. He has been so good to me.
0: Well even Job at the end of Job, you know, worshiping God for how great he's been to him. Yeah. After the whole point of the book is that he got dumped on for you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well man, I hope this has been encouraging to you. And if it hasn't, it's only because we didn't describe it well, not because it's not an encouraging reality. Yeah, you can get a better version of it in the the
0: book if you you want.
1: Yeah, read Luke 14 and Matthew 13, and you'll get your own dose of this, and maybe that'll help you more. Yeah, uh, but
0: we're very grateful for you guys listening. Super Um, grateful. Yeah. We will see you next week. This is episode—we always do an episode count, and I always have to look it up because I'm just a bad host.
1: Well, and you don't count the Jim Thoughts and John Thoughts as actual episodes, although our podcast provider platforms do. If you look on— uh, iTunes and you subscribe to us, it'll tell you we have 67 episodes already. But you yeah. say we have 65.
0: Well, we have 65. We have 67 entries, but <laughs> upstream only has, we're entering our 65th episode. Yeah. So whatever you we will believe s- about that. Anyway, yeah. thanks we'll for listening. We'll see you listening. next week for episode 66. We'll be that one. <laughs> and yeah. Thank you guys very much for listening. All right.